Blog Talk Radio.
of health services who are out there on the line every day trying to save us from this pandemic. Um, well, guys, we got a, a full lineup tonight, and I'm glad to say we get uh, uh, the whole team together. We got uh, Benny calling in from Dallas, from the, the Texas area. Um, Chris from the Philadelphia area, uh, we've got Bob from the California area, and Zito from the South Jersey area. So uh, uh, let's, uh, Zito, I know you've got a uh, short time here, but, so let's uh, let's go right to tonight's fight that's uh, on uh, ESPN. Oh, yeah. No, Mattel, first of all, how you guys doing? It's wonderful to have everybody on. Um, and what you're talking about, Lomachenko, Vasily uh, Lomachenko, and Tirafimo. Oh my goodness, I'm Lopez. It's going to be it's going to be an exciting fight because really, I mean, Lomachenko, he's an exciting fighter. He's so skilled that you know everybody kind of you know likes watching him. Um, Lopez, he's a knockout guy. He, he has his quick hands, um, and he's come, he's he's He's, a, he's very intense. Uh, but Terafimo's still young. He has a puncher's chance to me. And, I mean, young guys, a lot of times, they just don't know how to lose. I mean, you people say that well, young guys, they don't have the experience. And this. They also don't, I mean, he's undefeated, and he doesn't have experience losing. So that, that may, you know, have something to say. Lomachenko may show his age tonight. I don't suggest you do it against Terrafimo Lopez, just because I mean you, you just don't you don't want to get caught by the guy. Mm-hmm. With that said, I mean I, I haven't. I mean it's been a little bit of a layoff, so you never know. But uh, I mean based on his last performances, Lomachenko has been very sharp. I mean he's been sharp as usual. So I don't uh, I don't really see you know too much of a fall off for him to to not uh, beat Terrafimo Lopez. Sergio Lomachenko has also fought better competition. He's seen guys that uh, Terrafimo hasn't seen yet. So to to me, I mean, Terrafimo, he's an exciting guy, and that's why he's getting this shot, because he's a knockout guy. He's exciting. But, I mean, when when you go up and start dealing with the ranks, uh, he he hasn't really climbed the ladder yet. With that said, I mean, Lomachenko has climbed the ladder, and you're kind of looking for guys, you know, in his weight to fight. Okay. Chris, uh, here's how I feel. I watched the uh, 24/7 of these two guys all week. I really think we're going to see an upset tonight. Oh, uh, has such a great right hand, and the way Lomachenko moves, he has to move into you because he's not his arms aren't long enough. He doesn't have enough reach. He's yep. got to look for him to score. He's got to move into you. And when he's coming in, he's vulnerable to a right hand. And um, because he squares up real quick. And yeah. I think uh, he's going to get bombed. And once he gets hit, I don't think this kid's going to let him off the hook. I think he's going to knock him out. So I'm going to go out on a limb tonight and say, uh, Lopez by a knockout. Okay. I got a funny uh, feeling. Uh, you know, you, uh, Zito, you're near the uh, yeah. And, and uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, Dr. Chris, I want to agree with you because that, I mean, it, I think that can happen if Lomachenko slows down a little bit. Um, the thing is, with that right hand, you have to be on that side of the body, really, to hit. Uh, Lomachenko, 
Terrafimo steps hard on that plant foot to get his shots off. And Lomachenko's, I think, one of the best I've seen ever at staring his opponents. At getting, I mean, he's a southpaw, but he, I mean, he's short and he comes into you, but he comes into you properly. Comes into you with right, correct footwork. And to get that right hand shot off, he has to be on that right side of the body. Lomachenko, he might, he'll go there to faint and, and maybe to do a little bit of work, but his staring is always, you know, for 90% of the time, he's going to steer you right. He's going to move to his right on, on your left. And, to, I mean, Terrafimo, he's so hard and he's so deliberate on that plant foot to get the shots off that I think that uh, Lomachenko could, I mean, if he's not old and he can get out the way, that he could see those shots coming and still appropriate. But, I mean, Terrafimo's young and he's explosive, so, yeah, I mean, that can happen. Denny, what's your thoughts? Well, this fight reminds me of my wedding night. You had two hard punchers uh, on ESPN. <laughs> no. Man, um, I got to go for Lopez. I just, uh, you got two hard punchers here, and my gut feeling it could be gas, but I got to go for Lopez. I'm not going to put all this good stuff in like these guys because I'm not that smart like these guys. I just got a gut feeling, Lopez. Just Lopez. Okay. Now, Z, you're close to the uh, Philadelphia uh, Food Distribution Center, and, and we ha- we have a um, have a um, history with Dr. Chris and his pick. So, if there is a, a change in his pick, could you stop by uh, and pick up a crow for him so he could have it for uh, the next? Week? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Doctor Crow had—I mean, Doctor Crow. Doctor Chris had me eating crow uh, for Bernard Hopkins in uh, in Coverland. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm not so sure that I could go ahead and pick that up. Well, <laughs> what's my backyard? I'm gonna keep on you guys. You keep it up. Speaking <laughs> of Philadelphia, man, um, I know it's off the topic, but how how's how's the team doing? Which team? Philadelphia and the Eagles. The you know Bob's yeah. team. How they? Do. Uh, well, we're not talking about that this year. It's like the Dallas Cowboys. At one time, they were the head of the head of the division with uh, a one and one and three uh, uh, record. So we're not expecting. Hey man, don't you say that? Don't you ever bring up the Dallas Cowboys again? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it boxing hey, season? <laughs> We're talking boxing, but I'm going to bring up the Cowboys because I have a little too. Because my wife wants to make love, and I got to be there. Um, let me tell you something. Last, Dak Prescott is is a champ. I don't care what anybody says he is a champ. And last week, when you know the incident happened with his leg, his, his ankle, I was sitting there and um, and I thought to myself, I said, maybe, maybe he's okay, you know. And my stepmom, she's very positive, okay? And she said, well, um, she sent me a text. He, he's going to be a, It's just dislocated. They'll put it right back in place. And I said, uh, Mama Joe, his, his, his toe touched his butthole. It's not okay. okay. But, uh, I mean, it, it, this dude was set to, to break some records, man. That's sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And you know what's so funny? You know what? Pee on all you guys. Y'all don't care. I heard y'all. Yeah, yeah, whatever. whatever. I don't care. He's a cowboy. He's a cowboy. 
Okay, Lopez. Lopez is going to beat him. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me move the phone to the other ear. I've had it in the dead ear right now. Yeah, right, 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 right. You know what, guys? So we got uh, um, a um, pretty fast knockout with uh, Joaquin uh, Buckley uh, last week. Uh, oh, you know, anything, or, anything about that one? Yeah, that's an OMG moment. Uh, Jacqueline Buckley, uh, possibly knockout of the year. Uh, he still gives credit to, uh, 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 oh, shoot, um, Dan Henderson getting busy. Thing. But, uh, man, this guy threw a, a, a Muay Thai kick, and his opponent caught it, uh, kind of blocked, caught it. And before, you know, because uh, normally you do that and then you sweep the leg, probably uh, kid style. And then uh, the uh, Jacqueline was so fast, he did a spinning back kick and caught uh, homeboy right in the chin for the knockout. Mm. It was phenomenal. It was acrobatic. It was everything uh, mixed martial arts should be. It was fantastic. And, and, and Bob, I've seen a guys get their foot caught and like use their other foot to come up and kick them straight away. I've never seen a guy get his foot caught and spinning and spinning back kick up. Like that yeah, takes incredible coordination. Incredible coordination and luck and skill and timing and distance oh, and yeah. everything. Everything put together. That was that was phenomenal. That's that's highlight reel for the rest of your life kind of stuff, you know. So uh, good job for him. That was if, if, if our fans haven't seen it, definitely uh, Google that. Uh, Jacqueline Buckley yeah. uh, knockout. See it. Check it out. Real fast. Mm. Highlight. Definitely fantastic. Yeah. Hey, Bob, tell me, I know that uh, Cyborg has always been one of the people you talked about. She seems that she's making a return uh, in Bellator 249. Do you have an update on that? Yeah, she did that um, and, and came back in epic fashion. Um, you know, Cyborg's got like a 15-year career. Uh, mm-hmm. She's been fighting for a long time. She, she's a beast. I mean, if you haven't seen her... Uh, you know, and the jokes are, you know, uh, that's a man, you know what I mean? Because she's, she's got more muscles than I've ever had, you know. She is shredded. She is she is swelled up. Uh, and and uh, usually just goes in there with the, with the dominating presence and, and uh, brings on the, the strike attack. Uh, this was out of her 23-2 uh, and two career. Uh, this is her first uh, submission uh, uh, finish. So she got the rear naked choke. Um, but again, second round went in, dominated the whole time, got her down on the ground, and, and she said she really wanted to uh, get her first submission in the, in the ring. So it was a dream come true for her. But she's back on top. She's, you know, she's over there rocking the Bellator's world. So that's where she came from. She did really well over there. She went over to the UFC for a minute, uh, did some stuff over there, and then came back. So, um, you know, go go where the money is, and again, go go Bellator. Let's break up the monopoly of the UFC. Hoorah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see her fight Nick Abbott. I don't care. I'd like to see Ronda uh, Rousey we fight got... Floyd Mayweather in a in a, in a, in a no holds barred competition. Mm. So, you know, anything goes. Not just boxing. I think Floyd goes down <laughs> and gets armbarred real quick. But that's you know what. I'm going back in time, but how awesome was it that night that Holly Holm whipped the crap out of Ronda Rousey? Come on now. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. 
with Zoe coming in too. Yeah, you got a girl from a and it's so funny because Joe Rogan and I like Joe Rogan. I met him, um, but we're sitting here and he, he's always talking about you know, boxing. You know, nothing compared to UFC. And this boxing girl whipped the piss out of Ronda Rousey. I mean, now the preacher's daughter, you know, whatever happened since then, but just just that night was so beautiful. I, I thought it was so beautiful. And I, I've never seen Ronda Rousey so beautiful that night with her face. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see her against Amanda Nunez? Oh, right. more beautiful, I thought. Oh. oh. <laughs> Just I don't know. I'm I'm a I'm a you know I like the boxing side so, but Amanda but is a makeup artist. Great. The, the one thing I like about UFC is that my my wife and I could watch it and get all kinds of love positions. It's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey guys, we're joined by Ty. Ty, uh, we have, I have a question for you. Uh, Former IBF champion uh, David Lemieux is back in the ring uh, this week, uh, and uh, he, he had a uh, pretty good uh, outing. Uh, can you uh, uh, expand on that for our fans? Yeah, I didn't see the outing. Um, he fought last week, and I know he, he won within a matter of five to six rounds, but that's about all I know. I wasn't even familiar with the gentleman he was like. Um, but it's like two or three straight wins for him in a row, and he's trying to make one last run at 168. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, David Lemieux, I mean, he's he's getting a little older. He's moving. Well, he's at 168. Um, he's, he's not the tallest guy for that division either. Uh, he... I mean, he's he still has something left, but I mean, thinking about these top guys at 168 right now, I, I don't know if like Lemieux, Lemieux right now can hang with him. To be honest, yeah, Caleb Plant, yeah, Benavidez, I, I don't know if, if if he's at that level at this moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ignore, 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 ignore. Uh, Bob, let me ask you, uh, uh, Arnold Allen uh, and Jeremy Stevens um, next month. What's what's your thoughts on that one? For the UFC, I, I, to be honest with yeah. you, I'm I'm just focused on UFC 254. Um, are they on that card? Because that's yes. the Khabib Gaethje thing, and that's all I'm focused on. Yes. Um, <laughs> and you also have Robert Whitaker and Jared Kennedy on that card, too. I mean, that yeah, card okay, is so, so big yeah. at the top. Yeah. So It's going to yeah, be phenomenal. I didn't even yeah, know Jeremy Stevens down. was on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Card so huge at the top. Um, yeah, so I, I didn't look at that. But I think that will be a good matchup. I think that whole card is going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Elvey's back on the card. He just fought uh, – I think two months ago, three months ago, um, uh, Stefan Struve. I mean, they're, 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 I mean, they've got early prelims on there uh, with uh, uh, Khabib's, uh, what is it, cousin, uh, Umar, or Omar. Um, yeah, that, that card is going to be phenomenal. Okay. Uh, Tyson Fury called off his uh, Wilder fight. Um, do you have any idea why? 
apparently while he's still healing from a bicep injury that was suffered in the second fight with Tyson Fury. And from from what I can gather, I mean, he hasn't come out and spoken on it. Of course, you know, when I see speak on it, I'm talking social media because that's how all these guys talk nowadays. But Wilder hasn't really said much, but Shelly Finkel had reported that he was having, still having some issues with his uh, bicep just to get a little bit more time to recover. Um, and so Wilder hasn't been saying much, and so Tyson Fury has been in the news talking about, you know, moving on if Wilder's not available, potentially, you know, December uh, mandatory. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see what happens again. Um, Wilder hasn't really, as far as I know, uh, released an official statement as to his condition or to the condition of the rematch. So I really don't know where that stands officially. Right now we're just getting a lot of rumors. And one thing Frank Warren wants to do is he wants to keep Tyson Fury busy. You know, Tyson Fury uh-huh. is out of the ring now since February. Obviously, Fury's had a you know, history of addiction issues. And so he doesn't want Tyson to be idle. Oh, Tyson's going to be better busy. So that's the big thing with, with Frank Warren. Obviously, he would like Deontay Wilder match, but the fact of the matter is for the heavyweight he has, it's much more important to keep Tyson busy than uh, necessarily who he fights in his next outing. And, and Tyson Fury has options. Tyson, oh, yeah. I mean, he has options to where he's, I mean, he, talking, he's within talks with Eddie Hearn about, you know, a potential Joshua uh, lead up to Joshua fight. <laughs> uh, okay. Tyson Fury, what what does he say? Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. That's why Frank Warren wants him back in the ring. Doesn't matter against who. <laughs> yeah. Keep him busy. Keep him busy. Yeah. Gotcha. You gotta you gotta say, you gotta you gotta you gotta keep a guy busy and especially yeah. with with Tyson Fury's mind. You gotta keep him going, keep him fighting. The only thing I, only thing I got to say bad about Tyson Fury, Fury is his singing. I really wish he wouldn't try to do that after a fight because it, he's just he does not have the vocal. He, he just he really needs to try to. I mean, we're all like, oh, you know, he's you know he cannot. I could beat him when it comes to singing. Listen, yeah, I mean, trust me, I'm good, but. I don't doubt you would kill the country. I don't doubt you would kill the country. We've got uh, some rumblings out there about uh, Conor McGregor uh, fighting in the uh, 23 with uh, Dustin Poirier. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one? Just uh, just waiting for uh, paperwork. Just uh, some uh, logistics there. Dana White says they both agree. Um, they they so again it's the contractor are signed. Uh, that was, they would swap that I think in January 21. Um, and uh, good. I mean I hope you know just because of the way things are going. I hope Poirier knocks his head off. But you know both good athletes. <laughs> you know. And uh, uh, it's probably not going to go that way, but, uh, you know, hey, whatever. <laughs> I think McGregor is going to return and work his way back up and, you know, do like he's supposed to do and, and not just get all these title fights. You know, there's there's rumor right now with him against Pacquiao. There's, there's you know, the guys yeah. that run the world, there's, there's wherever the mm-hmm. money's at, you know what I mean? So I'm sure. not putting a lot of stock into anything. But, you know, he's out there slapping his jaws and trying to set up the big money fight. Meanwhile, missing out on money he can make in the UFC. So, you know, contractually, we'll see what happens. But, uh, 
yeah, yeah. So going for I think it's uh, January 21st. I'm not positive on that, but we'll see. But yeah, it's just like Bob said. I mean, he, he's accepted the fight, but it's yet to be signed. So we'll see what happens. Uh, and, you know, McGregor's accepted a lot of challenges and fights over Twitter in the last year. Um, obviously, he's trying to be happy this year, but then the pandemic hit. Since then, he, he talked about fighting everybody, but it's fought no one. So uh, we'll see if he's, like, like Bob said, we'll see if he signs a contract with PAA. Right now, he's listed as a favorite over Poirier if they want to fight. That would be obviously due to the fact that he emphatically knocked Poirier out. Uh, in the first round when they fought at Featherweight. But, you know, it's a different Poirier. He's been active and kind of really out. So uh, it'll be interesting, again, if it happens. But just like Bob said, he's chasing money. So he's even talking about, well, Poirier's in Southpaw, so he's a tune-up for a Pacquiao fight. I'll go Poirier to Pacquiao. So we'll see. Well, Conor McGregor, man, first off, he needs to stop punching old people and touching girls' booty hoes to get in trouble. Um, yeah. But uh, the one thing about Conor McGregor that I like is um, actually nothing. I, I'm not a Conor McGregor fan. I don't. I do not like him. <laughs> I really. I want to punch him in his face. I just. I just want to punch him. Um, I'm at retirement, and I challenge. I challenge him to a fight. Forget Pacquiao. Come to me. I mean, sure. I want the money myself, guys. I'm gonna buy us all beers when I get beat up. And. Uh, <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, and I, and I said it before. I'm gonna say it again. Connor, he he got spoiled by the Floyd fight. I mean, he had his own personality, he had his own swagger, whatever. But after the Floyd fight, he he kind of became more of a more of a butthole. Mm-hmm. And he got, he got he, more, I mean, especially within. Yeah, I mean, else, I mean, else, especially outside of the outside of the fighting arena, to where he, mm-hmm. even like. His negotiations. He has fans, actually. The guy has fans, and they want to know what he's going to do. They want to know, you know, what's going to be next. They want to see him fight somebody, whether it's going to be in a boxing or in an MMA ring or in an octagon. They want to see him do something. And he's an exciting, I mean, he's an exciting fighter. I mean, as Mm -hmm. much as we, you know, we we get on the guy, I mean, he's an explosive, exciting, successful fighter. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, the funny thing is, is like it's kind of like Bob said that the, the biggest thing with him is you know, he cut the line to get title shots, and that's 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 what different fans have. You know, people that don't like him, typically outside of his behavior, outside of the octagon, it's the fact that you know he, he's an entitled fighter. He doesn't have to work his way up. He just kind of calls yeah. the shots, right? And so that's what people are about him. Which funny now, Bell, is Khabib has clearly said, Conor McGregor's not even on my radar. He doesn't deserve a rematch. And recently, Justin Gaethje said, yeah, I'm not even thinking about fight, fighting Conor McGregor. He said, I'm about legacy. And this could be fighting legacy. So, right well, now, yeah. because Conor McGregor is a part-time fighter, and they say, hey, that guy's retired. These, these guys don't take him seriously. So, he has to fight. Again, he didn't want to fight necessarily fight Dustin Poirier. He just wanted to step into the title mm-hmm. shot. But then Dana, you know, so not only do you have Dr. Uh-huh. Poirier up there who's above him, but then you have Tony Ferguson who's above him. Yep. And then Dana White just led Michael Chandler from Bellator in, in, uh-huh. into the replacement spot, which essentially puts him right up there. So Conor McGregor has to be the Dustin Poirier to even be considered for a title shot. So, I mean, the guys, I mean, it's to the point where they're not taking him seriously, unfortunately, for him. Hey, Ted, earlier we were talking about um, – 
uh, Joaquin Buckley uh, and his uh, fantastic uh, move. Um, wh- who do you see as, the, as his next opponent? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, Joaquin Buckley sees a lot of uh, a lot of press, and rightfully so, because he pulled off a, a fantastic move. But, but he, he, he's still a preliminary card fighter, so his next opponent mm-hmm. is a preliminary card fighter. He actually will be fighting, I believe, is it next week or is it tonight, uh, Bob? I know he's, he had a quick turnaround, so it's either he may be fighting next week on that card against, you know, another preliminary guy, uh, preliminary level guy, even if he's on a main card because he has, a, you know, some popularity. Um, but Buckley's still, you know, he's still mid-tier working his way up. So I'm not sure he'll, who he'll fight. It'll be somebody outside of the top 15, more than likely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to see Conor McGregor fight the Cowboys defense. Wow. <laughs> he, man, he's run right through him. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, oh, don't you say that. You know, I, don't you, I'm going to send you naked pictures now. Give me your give me your cell number. I'm sending you naked pictures. <laughs> man. Oh, Jack Prescott. My heart, my heart broke when his ankle yeah. broke. That, that, yeah. that was horrible. That sucked. Well, so it's a person, you know. I mean, trust me, I don't, I don't agree with anybody getting hurt unless oh, it's Conor McGregor. But <laughs> I just, I just, uh, I'm back. Listen, I just started. I mean, when it happened, I, I know I'm back on it again because I'm, I'm heartbroken. I just like, I just started like, singing a song from Titanic. I was like, you know, I just, I don't know what to do. Wow. I mean. Boys and men came to mind, you know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen, Cowboys. Let's go back to the Cowboys. I'm, I'm heartbroken. You know, the Red Baron is okay, but I just, um, you know, um, I, I just want to see Conor McGregor fight Ronda Rousey. I just, I don't know what to say. <laughs> oh my God, you, that, that, that'd be no lose for you, huh? No matter who won, you win. <laughs> Right. Hey, uh, to answer your question, you're right. Jo- uh, Jacqueline Buckley gets a, a quick turnaround. He's back at UFC 255 for the co-main event as the middleweight uh, going against uh, Jordan White. So, okay, cool, yeah, cool. Cool. November 21st. Yeah, he's turnaround. You, you, you said he's getting a co-main event. And co-main that's, event. That's awesome. Buckley's not yeah. a top-ten guy, but based on no, that not. viral knockout, he gets a co-main yeah. event. Good for him. Kudos. That's one yeah, thing I like about the UFC. They they will reward an unknown guy who does something spectacular. So kudos to him, man. Uh, great, great question for all you guys. One of the greatest, one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time, the heavyweights. The greatest heavyweight fighter of all time, UFC. Is this a question? Yes, sir. I, yeah, question. Like, who's your greatest? Uh, you, you pick the greatest UFC heavyweight. Well, I'm biased. I mean, luckily, you know, back in the day, I, I you know, I had to cut under 200 pounds. I didn't get to fight heavyweight. All right, it picked me, so I, I lost. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So under 200, you know, I'm gonna have to say me. But now I'd definitely be over too heavy or uh, heavyweight. But then, then I have to go to my coach, Marie Smith. But um, greatest mm. of all time. I mean, like I love Randy Couture for his sportsmanship, his legacy. Um, um, you, you know, uh, his long time, all that kind of stuff. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you brought up Tank Abbott earlier. Uh, my coach was the first one to beat Tank. Uh, made Tank walk out of the ring because he just leg kicked him to death. Um, so yeah. I'm very, very biased on, on all these questions, Benny. I apologize. No, actually, I was the greatest UFC fighter ever because I was fought, I fought the other <laughs> night on UFC two, and um, and you know when I got started getting beat, I just turned the game off. But um, <laughs> I'm undefeated. I am undefeated. So y'all, y'all are all wrong. And, and the cool thing is about me making a player on UFC, I don't have to have a beer belt. So that's really cool. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. That, that is that is pretty cool with uh, UFC. Yeah, I have that that's right here on my screen. That was my that was my whole thing. I was like, that's what how you know if you've made it in life. If you have an action figure made after you, or, or you're on a or you're on a, a, a video game, and and I didn't quite make it that far, but guys, I fought it on the video game, so I got to call that as good. <laughs> so, yeah. it, it came up a so you legitimately could make yourself and have rematches. That's cool. <laughs> okay. I, I, character yeah, generation yeah. make myself a guy. Okay, yeah, you guys put are bringing back a. You guys are bringing back a story um, when uh, uh, Bill Davies got fired at uh, Notre Dame. Uh, Bobby um, wrote a letter to the athletic director telling him that uh, he was the five-time world champion on uh, um, his Xbox and that he felt that he was, the, he was ready for, uh, to step up. And he actually got it. He wrote a letter <laughs> saying that. He wrote the letter. Yeah. Like, wow, that makes him a good man. He actually got a response <laughs> from Notre Dame. Wow. <laughs> Didn't Bob also get ordained and, and told everybody they had to call him Reverend? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he found something on the uh, on the um, on the web that uh, he could, uh, if you just signed up, they they made you a uh, Reverend. And, uh, yeah, I'm a reverend myself. But yeah, <laughs> he's going to do all kinds of things. Funny, funny story. Now, put all the kids away for this one. Now we're talking about you know if you, you know you made it when you're on the game and all that stuff. I interviewed Bob Sapp years and years ago, and I asked him the coolest thing that's that's ever happened in his career. You know, besides fighting or being an actor or whatever. And he said, you know, he's real big in Japan. And yeah. he put all the kids away. He said the coolest thing is that they made a, um, how do I say this without, um, a woman pleasure thing in his image. Um, y'all, get, y'all, y'all get what I'm doing here? Um, a, a phallus in his image for the women. They so, made a Bob Sapp dildo? Yes, yes. Fantastic. Do you understand wow. how big he is? I mean, I'd, I'd rather I not. <laughs> I mean, dude, you know, right? I mean, they're walking around like airborne. I mean, I don't understand that. But, but no, he told me. He actually told me that was the greatest thing ever. I mean, how do you go through your parents and hey, wow. hey, mama? That's, 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 cool. Me, that's cool. That's a legacy. That's a yeah, legacy. You know, you got we got a fight coming up in uh, December, Anthony Joshua and Portier. Um, I'm sorry, Pulev. Uh, what's your yeah. thoughts on that one, Chris? Did you say me, Frank? Yes. Yeah, well, I, I I still like uh, I still like uh, the English heavyweight. 
And no matter what, who they throw up against him, I'm going to have to favor him. I think I think he's uh, uh, all all that was wrong with him. He needed more fights, a few more fights, which he's got under his belt now. And uh, mm-hmm. I think he's an excellent boxer. He's strong. He's big. He got good punching power, and he he can recover from a punch. I, I'm going to mm-hmm. take uh, I'm going to take the Englishman. Uh, okay. I, I don't care who that other guy is. I'll pick him okay. anytime. All right. Z? Yeah, um, I'm going to agree with Dr. Chris with that. Yeah, Anthony Joshua was going to beat Pulev. I think Pulev, he's, he's past it. And I think even in his prime here, right at this moment, he, I don't think he would have beat Joshua. Um, mm-hmm. With that said, Joshua, he's, he's good. I don't think he's the best heavyweight in the division. I don't think he can beat every heavyweight in the division. Not sure if he can beat Deontay Wilder. I'm not sure if he can't get caught by Deontay, Deontay Wilder. And if he gets caught, I don't think he can take Deontay's punch. I really don't think he can beat Tyson Fury either. Tyson Fury is going to be the biggest guy that he's, he's going to be bigger than him. And Anthony Joshua is not going to see many guys bigger than him and have to deal with that kind of movement, that kind of fluidity, and that kind of inside or outside game. So, I mean, as I say, Joshua, yeah, he's going to beat Pulev. He's going to beat, I would say, most other heavyweights. But you you have two guys that I, you know, right now I think are at the top of the heat. Mm-hmm. Or one guy, really. Ty? No, he should get rid of Pulev, uh, I, I think, between the mid and late rounds, Some, somewhere between maybe five and eight. Um, Pulev, you know, at his best, we were talking about David Lemieux. And, you know, being at 168. Um, and even at 160, Lemieux, kind of like Pulev, at their best, they're just a tier below the very best. So these are guys who are good enough to beat most fighters, uh, their weight class, and good enough to, to earn mandatory shots. But uh, unless it's a very, very special night, and that could happen. In, 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 it's what I love about combat sports, right? Because anybody yeah. can hit a walk-off home run. But unless they really get kind of lucky, uh, these are guys who, who, who are going to go down uh, in history as good contenders, but guys who never were really champions. Um, Pulev is, you know, he got wiped out by Vladimir Klitschko. I expect him to get wiped out by Anthony Joshua. He's a good fighter, but he's not a, uh, he's not a very, very good fighter. And to beat an Anthony Joshua, you need to at least be a very, very good fighter. And that Pulev is not. So um, that's what I predict. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, hey, Bob, uh, Jessica uh, Andretti's got a fight coming up uh, in two, three weeks. Uh, do you have any idea, have any information on her, uh, her opponent or uh, that fight? Um, no, I, I haven't been following her that well. Um, I know, you know, I, you know I, what? I, I, actually, Bob, just to let you know, that's the that's the co-main event tonight. It's Jessica Andre against Caitlin Chudik. I always have a hard time with Caitlin's last yeah. name, but it's the okay. main event tonight. It's the co-main event actually. Um, ah, Jung. Yeah, so it's Jessica Andrade against Caitlin Chudikin or whatever. Um, and Jessica Andrade's moving up to 125 from 115. Uh, where she last lost to Rose Namajunez. Um, she's fighting a girl who's significantly taller, eight-inch height advantage, reach advantage, but a girl who gets taken down a lot. So if Jessica really pushes the wrestling, she could uh, she could go ahead and, and, and 
beat the girl who was considered the number one contender at 125 and put her right, herself right in line to, to get a shot at uh, Valentina Shevchenko. So this is a big fight for Jessica Andre. And like I said, it's the co-feature tonight, actually. Okay, yeah, because I, 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 I heard her name recently, but I forgot. But, yeah, so kind of a brain farter. But, yeah, that's just exactly like you said, Ty. I love having you on to cover that. Um, oh, but, yeah, she's she going up a, a 10 pounds in that fight. So that, that'll be huge yeah. for her. It, they say that uh, Caitlin has mentioned that she loses, she's retiring. Uh, yeah, so she, she actually saying that, that and she's, she's been trying to walk that back a little bit. She she mentioned that, and she said, well, you know, it's not that I'm retiring. She goes, it's just that, you know, I'm realistic. It's just something that I know is in my future because I'm to the point where I'm, I'm getting near one and a half kids. You know, she she's a young lady. She's getting to the point where she wants to start a family. Um, right now, she, she's considered the number one contender. Uh, Shevchenko wiped her out. And, and, and that's the problem, you know. Valentina Shevchenko, the bullet is far above everyone else at 125, and I think honestly the best pound for pound uh, woman fighter in the game today. Um, but so, it, 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 you know, it's an interesting fight because if Caitlin beats Jessica, um, she pushes Jessica back. But then they'll say, well, she beat a girl who was, you know, a, a, a champion at flyweight. But Jessica did fight at 135 to start her career out. She used to fight bigger gals. Um, but uh, if Caitlin wins, she's not going to get a shot at Shevchenko just yet. So she'll be, again, just knocking off contenders in, until, you know, the UFC can, can justify giving her a shot again. So it's, it's a pretty interesting fight tonight. Like I said, Jessica's going up 10 pounds, but Jessica fought at 135 before. So she's used to fighting bigger girls. But, again, this girl's very skilled and very disciplined. So. Well, maybe she's just going after – what do you think the fact that she's going after an open spot? You know, at, at, at 115, she's got more people. You know, that's a huge weight cut, especially at 135. And so exactly. she goes to the 25 because right now, just like you said, I mean, Valentina Shevchenko's on top and no one can touch her. So, so maybe she's trying to get into that division to get a shot at Valentina, you know, and seeing that, you know, uh, how she can do against her because uh, right now, I mean, yeah, because Valentina is on top and no one can touch her. Uh, she's a phenom, you know. So, yeah. hey, Bob, you're absolutely right. Her clear shot to a title is at 125, beating, 125, winning tonight. Yeah. Yep. If she wins tonight, she can basically. Uh, be in line for the title shot next. At 115, where she was at, well, we know she got wiped out by Wally Zhang, and then she just lost to Rose Namajunas. So Zhang Namajunas, as well as uh, as as um, uh, Joanna Joanna Jerry, are all in front of her. Yeah, so right. she she her her road back to a title at 115 is is is, is a lot longer than it would be at 125. She wins tonight. She's basically in a title shot. Right, right. and then she, you know, then right. plus she's gonna she's gonna feel confident because she's not dropping. You know, if the girl's doing, I mean, it's hard enough for a guy to do a 20, 30 pound uh, weight cut, but for a female to do it, I mean, they're yeah. they're they're genetically designed to carry more body fat. So so. Um, it, 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 it uh, and, and I'm not being sexist, women. This is real stuff. Look it up. Okay, true. So, yeah, it's true, uh, it's true. Science, yeah, science. You'll, yeah, you'll have abs at 15% body fat, men don't get them till 10. All right, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I swear, you know, a little asterisk.
hurts by that. I'm not trying to throw that. But anyway, but yeah, so that gives her a shot, and she's going to feel healthy. I mean, because when you're weight cutting 20, 30 pounds, you feel sickly, and you feel, you know what I mean? You're uh, still only going to put on, you know, 10, 12, maybe, maybe at best 15 pounds the next day, and you're still going there light. So if you can cut your weight uh, cut down and feel healthier and then put on another 10 pounds going into the ring, you're going to feel, you're going to feel like a monster. So good luck to her. And what, make, what makes you even more correct is, is, I don't know if you guys remember, when she was 135 and she said she was dropping to 115, the whole thought was she was going to be depleted. She's very short. She's 5'1", but she's very densely built. And so she was fighting at 135. And again, Andre only has two losses, two, I think two or three losses in the UFC. Like, so she was beating girls at 35. And when she dropped down to 115, they were saying, wow, this is a girl who needs a 125-pound weight class. So now she's finally fighting at 125, and she doesn't have to cut that extra 10 pounds like Bob was saying. She should be stronger, fresher, and maybe even have a better tank. One hundred percent agree. Have you guys talked about the fight tonight about Loma and Lopez at all? Yeah, we talked about it earlier. Well, what's your take? Oh, I, oh, oh uh, Axe Man. That's my take. That one word, Axe Man. Axe Man. Remember the Axe Man? Remember the Axe Ax Man is my take. Hey, Zito, Zito, I started to text you, Axe Man, because I, I think he's going to do Tiafimo like Nick Walters. Did, uh, Nicholas Walters, yeah? Nick Walters. Yeah, Tiafimo, that's what I call it. As soon as I, I, I broke it down to myself, I said, this could be Axe Man, just like he did Nick the Axe Man Walters. Nick the explosive puncher, not as quite as athletic and as fast twitch as Tiafimo, obviously not as big. Yeah. He's actually a little longer than Timo, believe it or not, yeah. but he's not as big, not as densely popular. But what I see with both of them is their feet, man. They're punchers. So they, they dig into the canvas in their feet. And I can see Lomo turning him all night. Um, he has a few more weapons uh, because of his athleticism and fast twitch than, than Nick Walters. But uh, as long as, I mean, it could, Lomo might have to overcome adversity here and there, but I, he's gonna, it, it's going to progressively get worse and worse. That's what I think, Zay. Yeah, let me ask you another question on that one. Um, uh, the uh, Demetrius Andrade and uh, Dustin Harris for 1127. Um, to me, it, it, it's, I mean, Demetrius is an athletic monster. Um, he, he's, he's a pretty smart boxer, too, but the day he turns old, I mean, it depends, really depends on the comp. Well, not really on the competition. When you turn old, it, you know, it's going to happen eventually. You can't beat Khan. But it'll be interesting because what's happening to him is he's aging and he's not really moving up in the rankings. And some of it may be not his fault. I mean, just style-wise, he's a long, southpaw, awkward guy who's not engaging. He's not going to give you a chance to engage in the ring. So, I mean, he, he'll stink out a, a, a win. That That's really kind of been his M.O. lately, to stink out wins. 
Um, so he's not a guy that people are really, really interested in signing for. He's not the most money because he's not an exciting fighter for the most part. He's not a name brand fighter. He hasn't put in that work or been that staple to do to be that guy. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I expect him to win this fight and, and maybe a few more against certain competition. But now, I mean, if you're not going to move the level of competition up or you're not going to move up in weight, well, then, I mean, you're going to kind of – he's going to kind of – still be taking these fights and like three years from now we're going to be talking the same level of fights we were talking about Andre as we were three years ago he uh this fight that he's taking is at 168 and and again it's you know he said hey I can't you know if nobody wants to fight me I just got to stay busy and stay in the ring stay sharp so he's taking this fight at 168 because and you know he's fighting you know he's fighting Dusty Harrison Hernandez we saw him fight in, in Wilmington and we're not impressed. He was a Hispanic yeah. kid from D.C. He was fighting the, or yeah. whatever. He was fighting the little the little guy from D.C. And he, oh, it's, so, but Hernandez is, is moved up from 147, took some time off. Yeah. Now he's fighting at 168. He's had a couple knockouts at 168. Demetrius is going up there saying, hey, I'm just testing the waters. He's going to come back down. He has a mandatory against Liam Williams, which could be, uh, mm. you know, that would sell well in the UK And Liam Williams has been on a tear He lost those two fights uh, Earlier in his career To uh, Liam Smith But uh, he yeah. has been on a tear He's been knocking everybody out um, And he took care of uh, Altenez Fox In five rounds And that's the guy who uh, awkwardly took Demetrius Andre 12 um, So yeah. he's, got a, he's got a case And he's an exciting fighter um, he should be outclassed, but it's funny what you said about Andre uh, Zito because from what I see, he, he's almost regressed technically. Um, he lunges a lot. He does a lot of goofy stuff. Um, wings his punches a lot, and, I, and like you said, I yeah. think once his athleticism wanes, he's going to be in trouble. But hopefully, he can get a big fight. He's 32, but you know, like Zito said, nobody. Yeah. He could very yeah, well beat good. everybody in the middleweight division, but nobody wants to fight him. Guys, we're joining. I'm glad you were talking about uh, people that didn't want to fight people because we have our our, our next guest uh, uh, ran into that same problem. People didn't want to fight him because he was so good. Uh, Chris Whitford, uh competed from 1993 through 2009. He's a uh, world heavyweight champion and uh, one of the people that uh, uh, took down uh, Vasily Klitschko. Uh, Klitschko. Vitaly Chikliczko, yep. yep. And he's also a, a, a relative of a, a close friend of ours, Mr. Lehman Brewster. But uh, yep. right now, I, I just saw, I, I'm going to send the rest of you a, a copy of uh, um, his current uh, workout schedule. Um, Chris, uh, it's a pleasure to have you back. Uh, we had you about uh, back in 2010, but... Uh, uh, it's a pleasure to, to talk to you again. Can you uh, fill us in on your uh, your next quest here? Yes, my next my next quest is my comeback at fifty. It's going to be one of the biggest comebacks. Put it back to take over. Coming back at middleweight. I'm not coming. Heavyweight was is a thing of the past. Now it's time to get it at middleweight. My original weight class. Oh. Hey, uh, Chris, how, how you doing, sir? How you doing, champ? I'm doing good. How you doing? 
I'm doing well. It's great to have you on. I saw you were in the boxing news this week. You, I'm 52, man. I'm I'm same age as you. You look phenomenal. You got, man, you look phenomenal. Phenomenal. Please tell us, what are you doing, sir? I changed my diet. You know, I I was eating, I was eating uh, the same way for, you know, since I tried to put on this weight, a heavyweight. I went to heavyweight and I was still eating the same way. In chronic pain, it was slamming my pain up more. And I just started thinking, man, I got to make a change. And boom, I got really strict with my diet. And and things just started happening. I mean, it, it really helped me out a lot. You know, and I, and I use cannabis also. I use CBD and cannabis and everything okay. just came about and helped me out. Because you talk about the... After um, the uh, after your your uh, big fights that you developed neuropathy and were unable to uh, even move your uh, foot, can you uh, can you tell us how you recovered from that? Yeah, I came down with neuropathy in uh, 2009. I mean, the pain is so excruciating. But looking back on it, when I really researched. Why did I come down with all this pain? The food I was eating was horrific. They had heavyweight. I put on 50 pounds after the Olympics. I didn't get signed by anybody. So I, I came up in my mind with this crazy thought, I, I'm going to go to heavyweight. If they don't want me at this weight, I'm going to go to heavyweight. So I went to heavyweight, and just funny how things happen. Next thing you know, I got a local promoter. He didn't know anything about boxing. He started putting on shows in a nightclub. I fight from the nightclub. I get to the I get to the big arena. Now I'm to another big arena. Now I'm going to champion. It's crazy how it went. When I look back on it, I'm like, all the food that I ate to get to heavyweight destroyed my body. I mean, I had no nutrition in my body. And when I started reviewing, going over 25 years of crashing my body, look at me at heavyweight. Uh, I just felt horrible. I just had to eat all this stuff. But then I had to pay for it later. And, and after changing my diet, using, like I said, cannabis, and, and just having a, a positive attitude all the time. Why do you think just have fun in life? I mean, life goes by so fast. Let's get it. That's, that's how I feel. Let's get. Let's grab everything life has for us. And I feel like my comeback is everything life has for me. It comes all the way around. Not just signed in the Olympics. To now, I I just was signed at 50 years old. That has to be a record. Sure. 50. Your uh, your record was uh, 41 and five with 22 knockouts and uh, 19 decisions. Of those uh, 41 fights, which was the the heavy, uh, the, the best one you thought you had? Oh, um, well, a lot of people would say David too. I had a great fight with him, but Maurice mm-hmm. Harris was a humongous win for me, just as big as David too. So I think that those two moments and and Vitaly Klitschko, I mean, it, it, I just yeah. go on. I, I'm, I'm, I had a lot of a lot of moments. 
There's a lot of back noise. Mm-hmm. Now with your, your with your return to boxing, uh, do you have anybody in mind that you, that you uh, you want to want to start out with, or when do you have do you have a fight signed up at all? Uh, right now, I'm working with Split Team Management. That's David McWater. That's my guy. He's working on all that right now. So I'm I'm just training and waiting to see what what's happening. Whatever makes sense. You know, they say whatever makes dollars makes sense. So things that make sense. I know my quest is to be middleweight champion. And then to be super middleweight champion and then be lightweight champion. I know how that feels. I know I know everything about it. So it's like weight boxing is about weight. And I don't worry. I don't even worry about weight. I, I I'll fight at. I'll be at 160 and challenge the light heavyweight champion. That's only 15 pounds. I've been out mm-hmm. like 15 pounds before, so it, I understand how how boxing is especially with the weight. I'm not disrespecting none of the guys. Everybody can punch because we still the same weight class. But I understand how boxing is you get in the ring with somebody much bigger than you and the mentality you have behind it. Now, Chris, you are, uh, as far as I can recollect, you're one of the faster heavyweights that I've seen. Um, now, you're, uh, you're 50, you're moving to middleweight. Um, what skills will you use as far as uh, getting you going to your middleweight title? I'm defense first. So, you know, I... I use my defense to get me out of anything. I compare my defense to anybody in boxing. You got to deal with me. And I'm doing the same thing as I was at heavyweight, a pack. That's how I'm building me boxing the same way, trying to get all my skills back and even more. Dr. Chris, do you have a question? Excuse me one second. It's a lot of background noise. Very fast, heavyweight. Now you're going to be in the middleweight division. These guys are going to be just as fast as you now. You're going to lose that edge you had on speed. Uh, Of course, you're going to have a little bit more. Do you think you got the same punching power with all that weight loss? Uh, somebody has to ha, has to mute their phone. I can't hear because it's like a lot of noise. It went yeah, away. We, okay. Yeah, we just did, did that. I think. Okay. I um. I think I can match. See that I'm getting used to it now. Um, just throwing. You know, guys throw a little bit faster. Okay, but that makes me work my reflexes even more. So. I, I'm not worried about it. Hey, they, I know one thing: they don't hit harder. <laughs> I know that much. <laughs> Benny, I take a little bit of speed over the power any day. <laughs> <laughs> about, that's the truth. That's the truth. Benny, you have a question? Uh, yes. Is it is it Chris Bird? Yep. The, the, yeah. 
years ago on Tuesday Night Fights. He was my favorite fighter. He would stick his tongue out and make you miss him and piss off the other fighters. <laughs> was that a mental? Was that was that a mental game, Chris? Like like, I mean, you know, you know, fighting is mental as well as physical. You know, you know how Mike Tyson getting people's heads. Did you use that as a tactic as well, kind of like make them mad, get them off the game? No, not at all. I'm having fun. Yeah. My thing is, I mentally, I, I'm trying to break you anyway with my style, but I don't care. I, I still feel like you can't beat me. I don't care how your mentality is. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stay right there with you until you knock me out or we go the distance. You know, but I'm a, I have a fun mentality anyway. I just like to have fun in the ring. And, like, my comeback is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I I can still do all these tricks and even more. I think now I'm a lot wiser. So you know, I got, I got um, Vasily Lomachenko to, to compete with because he's that slick. So it's going to be fun. You know, I have a I have a beautiful story about Chris and his wife Tracy. I got I got to share this story. I uh, interviewed Chris back in the day on Doghouse Boxing, <clears throat> and uh, him and his wife they sent me a real. Remember the caps I used to have? I think it was like Everlast or something like that. The ball yeah. caps of Chris Bird. Yeah. yeah, I have. I, I used to have one of those. I can't find it no more. But uh, if you have it, you want to need one. But um, remember. When um, Holyfield fought in Dallas, he fought that uh, – who was that guy he fought in Dallas on the best damn sports show or something like that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember being on that show. I yeah, you were, you were – yeah, you were there. It was like Jeremy – I can't think of his name, but Holyfield was making his comeback. But long story short, Chris was there. I think you were, I think you were like part of the show that night or something like that. And um, and his wife Tracy was there. I already met I already met Chris and his wife when um the night that uh Lord have mercy, Lamer Brewster Lamer Brewster fought uh uh I can't think of his name. But anyways, long story short, I, I said hi to Tracy. She goes, hey Tracy, you know, hey Benny, and they they knew you like family. You met them once, and then Chris came up from the guys and talked to me. It was just a really surreal moment because. He took time from all of that stuff to say hi to a fan. You've always been a good guy with the fans, man. I, I pre- as a fan, I appreciate that. It's about, it's about the fans. And I do need, I do need the ball cap. Anymore. I can't find that ball cap no more. I do need a new one, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It's coming. <laughs> Good. Does anybody else have any questions for for Chris? Hey, yeah, Chris. What, what is your weight at right now, sir? I weigh. I weigh 166 pounds right now. I usually walk around about between that and about 162 all the time. I mean, I, I never get to 170. Right. If I get to 170, I'll be big. So, wow. you know, my, I'm back down to my natural weight. It's it's really easy to stay at 160. I want to stay around 165. 
so I have something to lose. I, I really well, Chris, we're going uh, to gonna keep it. Go ahead. We're going to keep a uh, an eye on uh, what's going on with you, and and uh, if you don't mind, we're going to call you uh, when you uh, sign something, and uh, we uh, would love to get you back on with us uh, and talk about it. Uh, we're looking forward to okay. it. And, uh, you've always been a uh, you were always a, a great interview when we had you on the last couple times, and. Uh, we appreciate you taking your time out of uh, your day. Uh, I've seen that grueling workout that you you've got. Uh, uh, man, uh, I, I yeah, feel for you afterwards. Hey, to be the best, you gotta go through it. That's how I look That's at right. it. That's right. Much more, much more to get to the highest level. So I want to I want to be the best in boxing. Great. Well, kudos, uh, uh, kudos. Like you look great. Going for it. Thank you. Yep. Thank, you. Thank, Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks a million. We appreciate your time, and, and uh, thanks for being on with us. We'll be in touch. Yep. Thanks, Jerry. Hello. Yep. Good. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, guys. Uh, well, we're just uh, up against our time limit here. Uh, Ty, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, you always have uh, a lot of great background for us, Bob. You're always uh, well-prepared. Chris is always prepared. And uh, it's, uh, it's always a, a pleasure to do these shows because you guys are so uh, so prepared for the uh, for the shows. So, uh, uh, Ty, you want to lead us out? Hey, you know, it's been great talking to everybody. Everyone be safe. Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Grant is watching over us. You guys enjoy your week. Yeah, just thanks, guys. It's a pleasure. Ty always got my back. Uh, Z, always pleasure hearing all your insight and stuff. Uh, Dr. Chris, always a pleasure. Um, Benny uh, and, and Frank, thank you guys so much, and I'll see you guys next week. Chris? Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces and the men and women of police and fire services. When you're out there and you see somebody in uniform, please make sure that you know that let them know that you know they're there. Um, and especially those uh, working in the ERs, the, on the first responders, who are trying to keep us healthy in this uh, very heavy pandemic area. Um, these programs are dedicated to those who lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Debbie Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Batinger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Patrolman uh, uh, Mike Hendler, San Diego Police Department, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, Lieutenant Mike Zerber, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Anafo Crispin, Lakeland PD, Chief Al Hogo, Longwood Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office. Deputy Mike Godwin, uh, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Robert Germain, Windermere Fire Police Department. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department. Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Kotloff. 
Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. And today's program was dedicated to uh, Sergeant O'Connor doing the first anniversary of his uh, murder. Um, Delaware State Police uh, Sergeant uh, Rodney Bond, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Art Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, Special Inspector uh, Vinny Galaccio, Delaware, uh, <coughs> Florida Department of Law Enforcement, Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Ballard, Kissimmee Police Officer Matt Baxter, Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Bill Gentry, Highland County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Clay Zerba, Clay County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Natalie Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Department, Deputy April Rodriguez, Pasco County Sheriff's Department, Officer Bob McKetchen, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department, and Trooper Joe Bowley, uh, Florida Highway Patrol. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10-7 at this point in time, at some time will be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your family always in the hallow of his hand. Good night. God bless. And thanks for everything. Bob and Mel.
1999. All units be advised, 1999 is responded to its last emergency. May God rest his soul. Thank <laughs> you.